Hey everyone and welcome to Starting on the Bench with Tim B. It's a place where normal people can talk about the sports they love. And on today's topic, I want to really dive in into different episodes of The Last Dance. My honest opinions. Now this world is going crazy, but we thankfully have this documentary that everyone is just keeps on talking about. Everybody's so fascinated. And the last time I checked uh, stats, it said that 23 million homes watched this documentary on Netflix. That's not including the ESPN numbers and other ways that people watched it. I want to talk about these episodes, but I'll break them into two podcasts. The next one will come out right after this one, so make sure you follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on Instagram at Starting on the Bench. Well, I grew up in a place where main sports were hockey and boxing. There wasn't a lot of either sports that people were super crazy and fanatic about. Basketball was introduced to me a little bit later in my life, but still, I really enjoy watching every single sport because of this competition and boy oh boy we have a lot of competition going on in the last dance i've really been taken by surprise of how well it was shot and spaced out to tell each story carefully but there were a few points that i've noticed i wanted to talk about because some of them were a bit too much for instance i've I've never seen anything like this from michael jordan before i grown up seeing shoes and different you know apparel and merch i was I understand that Michael Jordan was a big, big thing in every single avenue that you go in. Sports, clothing, even like a conversation like, yeah, I love Michael Jordan, right? Michael Jordan was supposed to be the number one, you know, sports player ever. Not just basketball, but everything. So I've never seen this so much footage of him. At the same time, you know, from articles that I've read, Michael was afraid that all of these things will be misleading. So somebody will misrepresent his point of view or... It would not tell the right story. But the guy who did it, Jason, I can't remember his last name, but this guy, absolutely, it, it was a terrific. He was the director and they had a group of well-crafted editors, pun intended. <laughs> it gave us a chronological view of Michael's life and what has done, what he's done for the league and for the sport. And I think a lot to do with some sport fashion. So it wasn't just for basketball. I think that every everything originated for him from basketball. Culturally, I think Michael Jordan was like one of the biggest people in, I don't know, 80s, 90s, and probably early 2000s. Because I'm a huge Island Iverson fan. But even then, you notice how Michael Jordan is dominating. I, I'm 26 right now, so I haven't had a chance to to see Michael play. But this documentary allowed me to see not just him and not just the Bulls, but the sport of how it was before. And a lot of people are like, well, Michael Jordan would crush it in, in nowadays. You know, he would be you know, getting 40, 50 point a game, which I guess I'm not really sure. You know, I get a little carried away whenever the finals come around. I really like that watching the playoffs of 2018, 2019, and then taking myself back to the 90s and 80s of the playoffs. First episode, I gave us a little glimpse of how crazy people were for the Bulls and the basketball. Jerry Krause and the owner, that was something that I've never really thought or seen before, so it was really nice to finally get to know who was behind Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman and all those people. I didn't like Jerry, but honestly, I don't think he cared if people liked him or not. His job was to create superstar and that's what he did he he didn't really care about what people thought or said about him his job was to make sure that the chicago bulls would get to the playoffs the owner only cared about the money which brings me to episode number two and this is something that oh my goodness i'm telling you 
if if the debate of if Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time, I just want to ask you, when you when when people think about football, they think of Tom Brady. Obviously, the, you you got Joe Montana, you you got Peyton Manning, that everybody's like you know Drew Brees, but nobody is on the same level as Tom Brady in football in the same way as Michael Jordan. There are a lot of people that are come that would come toward towards that level. If somebody says what's the greatest of all time in basketball, everybody says Michael Jordan. Even the people who play the athletes who play right now, they would say Michael Jordan, without a doubt. You know, when people think basketball, it is Michael Jordan, right? Scottie Pippen is my favorite uh favorite second person on on the team. I mean that guy knows what he's doing and I can't get enough of him and Rodman. In the both later on in episodes eight and nine, we'll get to see a, a, a leadership role from Scottie Pippen and how much he cared for the Bulls. It wasn't about Michael Jordan. It wasn't about being the number two or number one. It was about him being a leader and something that he needed and Robin needed to learn. And they did, which again, perfectly portrayed and described and told. Those two were a different caliber. I've never I've met anybody like Scottie Pippen or Dennis Rodman. I think that Dennis Rodman is definitely a prodigy of, uh, you know, this mix of the bad boy Pistons and Chicago Bulls. But Scottie Pippen, I think by far, is one of my favorite second people players. I think players in general. I watched some of the games from the 90s and I really enjoyed uh, every bit of it. Actually, uh, a friend that I'm hoping to have on this podcast, he talked about how before watching any big games in the playoffs and in the finals, he was so involved in watching the whole game before actually watching the um, the, the last dance episode. So it was really nice. And on top of that, I've never I've heard of Bob, uh, I've heard of Bob Costas, and I've heard about him being one of the golden voices for interviews or talking about sports. So Bob Costas, what up, man? Hit me up. What's good? <laughs> Scottie Pippen was what Michael needed in order to be the greatest. You can tell all this scrutiny is still happening with basketball. It's just a higher stakes than what it used to before. When everybody was complaining that Scottie Pippen didn't get the right contract or he didn't feel like following what Jerry Krause wanted him to do, he if you know he was protecting himself. Obviously, you know it's it's a it's a money sport and. And basketball is just becoming more and more into that lane of let me protect my family, let me protect myself, and then I'll protect the teammates. And those players, those athletes, they think that in order for them to win championship, they have to make sure that they are investing those in in those you know players, those five guys on the on the court. Then definitely from an analytical point of view, with uh, Toronto Raptors, that you know, uh, Kawhi Leonard was intentionally following. The idea that you know, if you traded me, fine, that's good. I will win. I will win championship for the Toronto. I will. Win, I will prove that I'm one of the best. So I think that that's something that Scottie Pippen was really portraying. That it's not about Michael Jordan coming back and then being the two. Michael, Michael was Michael, and Scottie Pippen made sure that people remember him by specifically for these characters of being the best number two. Pippen came into basketball just from shooting hoops. They found that talent in him, and Michael was helping them develop it. So I think that both those those two were definitely hand-in-hand hand necessary. I'll have my room search every interview and sports talk and you know that had, had Pippen in it. I didn't go looking for more Jordan. I needed more Scotty Pippen. And I think that, you know, if compared myself to somebody, it would be Scotty. If I ever be like, you know what, what kind of NBA athlete I would be, I think it would be Scotty Pippen.
And and that's something that, you know, as we continued watching, you know, them developing the story in the third and fourth and fifth episode, you can tell that, you know, Dennis Rodman was just like a, a few steps behind Scotty. Right? And he's a pure example of why some players are feeling and hiding, but hiding right now, nowadays, where, you know, show all the necessary aspects from which many athletes suffer. When you get so much attention all of a sudden and too many people tell you how to be, what to be, and what to think, you know, you fall off the right path and then you get influenced by all the negative attention, scrutiny, people, money, fame. Again, just like Scotty Pippen, I went to see all of the interviews that had Dennis in them as well. Truth be told, Rodman was above basketball. I've never seen that before. You know, he needed discipline and he wanted to have a father figure in his life. And I think that's what he found in Michael Jordan. And a lot of athletes right now are searching for that. You know, rest in paradise. <laughs> Kobe, he, Kobe was a lot of things to people. He wasn't just an athlete or a competitor. He was a father figure. He was a mentor. And he was a person that everybody looked up to and be like, I'm going to be like Kobe one day. Not like Michael Jordan, but like Kobe one day. People gave Rodman a chance. And I think that's what Phil Jackson saw in him. Dennis knew how to read the room before any Bulls knew how to defend. That was something that's interesting whenever the interviewer, and I think it was Phil Jackson, said that, you know, Michael recognized that Scotty is great, but Rodman is somebody they they're not able to be and therefore they needed him on the team and hearing the intellect the intellect behind Rodman and the way the guy thinks and understands and reads the reads the play and reads the room and he was perfect on the defense right Jordan would call out people for their faults and mistakes not to shame them but to make them better and uh, this is a side of him I've never seen before. Michael would spend a lot of time pushing his team on practices and actually during their plays. And you know, Rodman invited that, invited that challenge. And I think that that's what made Rodman even a bigger star. That while Scotty was gone, you know, trying to got a surgery and all of that, then I think that Michael and and Rodman they created this chemistry. That again, I went back to watch them play together, and even though it wasn't a high definition video you still could really feel the room and see how they're playing that it's a team it's an actual team not just superstar individuals which by the way brings me to a full statement that i want to say is screw screw pistons they were jerks <laughs> they were total jerks you know i can't express how much i dislike the pistons and isaiah thomas and it was something that you know you can go ahead and watch uh i think it's episode four where Isaiah Thomas is finding excuses and figuring out, like, you know what, you know, uh, you know, losing to Chicago Bulls and, you know, we didn't shake hands and all of that. It was just Isaiah Thomas, until this day, they interviewed him recently, like a couple of years ago, because this project has been like a couple of years in the making. I felt like it was, they did the right thing, uh, interviewing Isaiah Thomas and port portraying and kind of like getting Michael Jordan viewing it. So I really like that one because it's like, Pistons, obviously, they did so much worse things than just playing dirty basketball. And so this interview with him and going back to Michael Jordan and then Phil Jackson, and the, you know, the, between the three of them, it was so funny. You know what? I'm, I'm going to make this st statement. Pistons are the modern version of Stephen A. Smith. That should be enough. That's it. Isaiah Thomas is the modern version of Stephen A. Smith. That That's what it is. A lot of talk, a lot of smoke, but at the end of the day, it's like, what are you, what are you saying? What are you doing? Like, don't, don't just 
And then at the end of the fifth episode, I was thinking, you know, it was a lot of um, bring back memories of different players, you know, including Kobe, which, you know, we missed his face. What a legend. It, my game does all the talking. Everything that outside of basketball was because of the ball game and decisions that Michael did. And Kobe was just trying to not just portray it, but learn from it and be his own person. This is something that, you know, it, it, it was good because Michael Jordan set such an example of what a competitor has to be. And Kobe was just not just copying, he was, he was bringing his own mix to it with the Lakers, with Phil Jackson, and with creating his own pathway. And, you know, Kobe, he's a person that, like, I absolutely would love to hear him comment on different games, which I think that he does in ESPN+. Plus. He he does these details of, of different players, and, you know, I'm looking forward to watching some of them. And speaking of that, Magic Johnson was commenting games before? I didn't know that. I thought he was just a superstar NBA, and then all of a sudden, he owns, like, 90% of the Lakers, which isn't true, but it just felt like... He acted with such grace, and everybody's like, oh my gosh, Magic Johnson is so cool. But, like, can we have Magic Johnson in, like, do interviews or just talk about anything? Like, bread and, you know, toasted bread or something like that? I don't know. I would, I would love to hear him uh, comment different games and be a part of it, you know? I can't get enough of his voice. That is some, something that I'm looking forward to hearing again. The organization is great. That phrase, whenever uh, Jerry Krause, when he was interviewed, and they won, I think it was a second second championship or a third championship. Yeah, it, yeah, I think it was a second championship. Um, and Jerry Krause was like, it's the, organiza the organization is great, and that's why we're winning. Which I get whenever he said that. I totally understand that. But at the same time, uh, you know, Jerry Krause and the owner, they're not on the team to win the game obviously they prepare and organization and you know front office and all that is a huge element to it but it's the players that go go out and compete you know if the organization was so great then why they didn't win games before or after you know they had six championships but you know jerry cross did a huge mistake and a lot of news actually were crucifying him for that he was trying to, like, defend him like you were taking words out of my mouth, you know, it wasn't right. But maybe that's not a good thing to say when, you know, we're, we're very the ones on the floor running the ball and making sure they would win. That's something that I didn't like watching because it, it, it was a disgrace. Watching competitors compete, athletes be athletes. Yeah, that, I agree with that. I think that may, maybe the right the right way to put it would be finding a balance in between because sometimes organization would try to expect a lot from athletes and then athletes would not feel supported by the organization. So I think there's definitely middle ground to it. Speaking of middle ground, in episode five, I noticed that, you know, I kept on talking about how uh, Michael Jordan didn't just have stuff on the field he, he everybody was looking up to him off the field as well and including things like Michael and the politics and you know which was a tough one but it, it's been you know he's been very smart about it and I respect that whenever you know Michael uh, he was just playing basketball and he became such a prominent role and figure in the community and then all of a sudden everybody's like well I'm running for you know a governor or senator or I don't I don't know American politics but people were running for official jobs in the government and then everybody's like you know Michael will support me because 
you know, Michael's black, I'm black, otherwise it has, you know, it has to make a connection, but Michael's like, I just want to play ball, like, I don't want to be a part of it, like, it, you know, this is something that interesting that he said, Michael said, I can't, you know, he didn't say I can't support Democrats, but he's like, I can't have a stance because both Democrats buy sneakers and Republicans buy sneakers, so it was so interesting, I was like, that's smart, you know, it's a, it's a sneaker business, so if somebody hasn't seen The Last Dance, please go and watch it, people who watched Last Dance, finished watching all 10, 10 episodes, go back and rewatch it again, it brought a lot of interesting things to look at and understand of what's going on in the basketball sport, and maybe if, if you're interested in continuing, just try to separate basketball from everything else and also compare the the basketball before and basketball that is now it, it's such a prominent role in the community and such a it's not just a sport at this point in 2020 as we're recording this a basketball is is basically something that you can be far away from home and if somebody likes the same team that you do you become best friends right if you live in New York, but you go on, but you go to Malaysia, and you hear, hear somebody else liking the same athlete that you do, all of a sudden you have so much to talk about. So I think that basketball is a not just a sport, but a way to connect people, to unite communities. And I think that uh, the, the Last Dance show that specifically. So stay tuned for next week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, I'd like to hear your opinions in the comments on Spotify, Apple Music, and follow us on Instagram at starting on the bench. Uh, we'll be posting weekly uh, updates and posts and different conversations that you know, you're more than welcome to be a part of. So that's been it. Thank you for listening. Talk to you in the next one. <laughs> All right. Peace.